Hey, welcome today to the Revival Way podcast. I am your host, evangelist, Taylor Michael. Today we're going to pump you up full of the Word of God to get you delivered out of any work of the enemy and to get you empowered and activated to go out and build the kingdom of God with full faith and no hindrance in the mighty name of Jesus. Enjoy. If you are in a church or in a body of ministers that take sin lightly, I highly encourage you, turn around, put your running shoes on, and take off, never return. Any body of Christ that does not take sin seriously will never walk in the power, and odds are they will walk a backslidden life more often than not. Jesus hated sin and loved righteousness. That's why he lived a life without sin. When you hate sin and walk in righteousness, God will anoint you more than your companions. That's seen very clearly right here. Welcome back to another episode of Faith Fridays. If you missed my last episode, I highly encourage you. Actually, I'm forcing you. Go watch the last episode. You won't regret it. I do an icebreaker. I scratch the bare surface of what the anointing is in the Word of God and why you need it. And today I'm going to be doing the anointing part two. Now this is going to encapsulate a little bit about what it looks like when the anointing is activated in a believer's life as well as how to grow in the anointing. And this is going to be the scripture as well as my own personal experience that I've had in growing in the anointing. If you would turn to Hebrews chapter 1 with me, we're going to start there. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9. You have loved righteousness. Put that in the comments for me. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Put that in the comments, underline that, highlight it, text it to yourself, send it to your grandma. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. I'm going to read that again. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Now, this has a few layers. Firstly, you notice that God has multiple levels to the anointing. That's why he says that he anointed Jesus more than his companions. He anointed Jesus more than his companions. Why? Because he loved righteousness and he hated wickedness. Now, there's one thing that we always tell believers. If you are in a church or in a body of ministers that take sin lightly, I highly encourage encourage you, turn around, put your running shoes on, and take off, never return. Any body of Christ that does not take sin seriously will never walk in the power, and odds are they will walk a backslidden life more often than not. Jesus hated sin and loved righteousness. That's why he lived a life without sin. When you hate sin and walk in righteousness, God will anoint you more than your companions. That's seen very clearly right here. And I love that it says the oil of gladness. Because the anointing genuinely makes you happy. The presence and power of God on your life makes you a happy and joyful individual. I've experienced that for my own life. But I want you to think about oil. The anointing and oil, they are types and shadows of one another. In the Old Testament, they would anoint prophets, 
priests and kings with oil. And then the Spirit of the Lord would rush upon them. And what was it about this oil that was so significant? Think about the components of oil. What does oil do? Oil eliminates friction. Oil makes things more smooth. Oil preserves things. Oil allows you to cook things. Oil has so many multifacets to it that it benefits every area of your life. They would use it to cook, to preserve food, to put on uh, animals so that things could not attack them. Bugs couldn't attack their sheep. I mean, you look it up in Hebrew culture and they would use oil for everything. They would anoint everything. God's anointing is the same way. It resists friction. It takes away friction from your life so that when you're preaching the word, when you're bringing good news, when you're walking and demonstrating the power of God in your life, setting free the captives, deliverance, casting out demons, laying hands on people that are sick, without the anointing, it is tough. With the anointing, things run smooth. There's no friction. God is in your way. He's before you, behind you. He's upon you. That oil will help to eliminate any friction. Any friction. Now I want you to go to Mark chapter 9 with me. Verse 14. Jesus heals a boy with an unclean spirit. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing about? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. So, this is important. Before this, Jesus had already given them all authority and all power over sickness and unclean spirits. They had already, for multiple chapters, been casting out devils and healing the sick. Why couldn't they cast this spirit out? Jesus will answer that question for you. Verse 19, And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately, say immediately, underline it, write it in the comments, it convulsed the boy. As soon as it laid eyes on Jesus, as soon as Jesus was in this spirit's presence, immediately it began to manifest. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can... All things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. So first step, the anointing still requires faith. The power of God always requires faith. I want you to understand that. You can write that as a side note. Verse 25. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately. Now here's the point. 
Why could we not cast it out? See, they were in shock because they had been casting devils out for multiple chapters before this. They thought they were pros. They hadn't had any issue before. What was wrong with this one? And he said to them, This kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. By prayer and by fasting. Prayer and fasting is how you increase the anointing on your life. This is a perfect example in scripture about how Jesus carried more of the anointing or more of the spirit of God on him than the disciples did. If you remember right before this, the uh, Pharisees, religious leaders, Pharisees, Sadducees, wouldn't seize and couldn't seize. They all asked Jesus, why is it that your disciples don't fast? Even John the Baptist's disciples fasted. And he said, why would they fast if the bridegroom is with them? But one day they will fast when I have risen, is what he was saying. So they didn't need to fast because the anointing was already there upon Jesus. But once Jesus were to leave, the anointing must grow. They must be able to carry that kind of power or else they won't be able to be as effective as Jesus. But he made a promise before I left. He said, these signs will follow them that believe in even greater things, even greater things they will do than this. But it requires an increase of the power of God on your life. Now there's something important about fasting and we will do a separate teaching on fasting. But fasting, I want you to understand this. Fasting doesn't move God. Fasting moves you. Fasting aligns us with God. So, the Spirit of God is already inside of you. It says in Ephesians chapter 3 that the fullness of God already lives in you. Everything you'll ever need, all the anointing, all the power, all the presence of God that you'll ever need is already inside of you. How do you get it out of you? By prayer and by fasting. When you spend time in the presence of God by praying and building that relationship with the Spirit of the Lord, it will increase the power on your life. And when you fast, you eliminate the flesh. You submit the flesh. You abuse the flesh. Think about Paul. Paul said, I beat this body into submission to the Spirit. When you fast, you discipline your flesh and your soul to come into alignment with the Spirit of God that dwells in you. Remember, Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. When we fast, basically what you're doing is you're erasing yourself and allowing Jesus to come through. You are fading yourself away and allowing Jesus to genuinely come out of you. That is the power or the anointing. So if you want to see the anointing on your life increase, you must fast and you must pray. What does it look like to fast and to pray? Go to Isaiah chapter 58. It's important to know that when you press into fasting, when you deny the flesh, you also must fast appropriately. Because if you're fasting in vain, it doesn't do you much good. Quickly, before we read Isaiah 58, I'm going to read this from Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. These are the words of Jesus. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your feet, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Underline that and put that in the comments. My Father who sees in secret will reward me. So when you fast, you don't need to go around gloating, looking like you're just not doing too good, feeling crusty. Keep it to yourself. 
wash yourself, wash your face, anoint your head if you need to, and walk your daily life knowing that God sees what you're doing in the secret place. God sees your prayer and he sees your fasting. He likes the humility side of fasting. Isaiah 58, and we'll close on this. Cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily. Now this is a place where many Christians get caught up in. Understand this. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. So you hear these things and you think they must be doing it right, but yet God is rebuking them. Here's why. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. That's what God is saying. And oppress all your workers. And behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Verse 5. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness? So this is a true fast that the bonds of wickedness or sin yokes of bondage in your life would be broken by fasting to undo the straps of the yoke so that these things that have kept you in bondage will be broken by fasting and praying and aligning yourself with God to let the Go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, Here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of your finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruin shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Hallelujah. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable. If you honor it, not going your own ways or seeking your own pleasure or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord. And I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So you see obviously a ton of deep stuff in this chapter. But if you dissect it, the main components of what God is saying is that when you fast and when you pray, make it true. Do it in the secret place and do it to set yourself free or make yourself pure as he is pure. That's what Peter said in the New Testament. Set yourself free from sin, from bondage. So Put your flesh into submission. Next, do it to serve others. God says here, I want to see you pour yourself out for the hungry. I love how he says here, uh, 
If you take away the yoke from your midst, the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness. So if you get rid of sin, you get rid of judgment, and you get rid of wickedness, and then you pour yourself out, then your righteousness shall shine like the noonday. Then your light will light up any darkened room. How are you the light of the world? By the anointing, by the power of God on your life. If, so, if Jesus didn't carry the power of God and he never opened his mouth and he went and sat in synagogues, nobody would know a thing. Nobody would have been healed. Nobody would have been delivered. Nobody would have been saved eventually. It was the miracles, the signs, the wonders, and the power of God on his life that brought the multitudes to realize this man is used by God. Even Nicodemus recognized the anointing on his life. In uh, John chapter 3, he said, Master, we know that you are a prophet sent from God, for nobody could do these works unless God was with them. When you carry the presence and power of God, the anointing, people will know that God is with you. How do you increase the anointing? Fast and pray. There's a few different ways you can fast. Uh, you can do... You'll hear a lot of different people talk about a social media fast. Oh, that's great. If you're in a position where you need to fast social media, I'm never going to um, rebuke that. But I highly recommend you stick to a biblical fast. There's multiple types of fasting. There's intermittent fasting in the Bible in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 where they don't eat breakfast. Um, there's also... The Daniel fast is what we call it. Daniel chapter 10, where Daniel does, I believe it's 21 or 24 days with just vegetables and fruit, no meats. He says that he withholds himself from commodities. And then there's an actual food fast or a water fast is what we call it, like Jesus did for 40 days. But I want to say this right away. Increasing the anointing on your life is great, but make sure your heart posture is in a way that God can actually reward you for it. Make sure that your heart is not in a position to say, I want to carry so much of the power of God that men honor me and they glor or they glorify me. Or if it's about you, God cannot bless that. But if you say, Lord, I humble myself. I fast, I pray to increase increase the anointing on my life to bring good news to the poor and to set free those that are captive, then God will increase the power on your life. And when you're fasting, don't do, this is just my personal recommendation, don't fast more than, I would say, three days unless the Lord gives you direction and grace to do it. Outside of that, I would keep it very short. Start small. Maybe start with a 6 a.m. to a 6 p.m. fast. And then you can upgrade to a full 24-hour fast where you just have water. And then maybe three days. And go on from there as the Lord directs. But be wise about it. That's my recommendation for you. If you're looking to grow in the power of God on your life, you must understand it is necessary. If you see in the book of Acts, from Acts chapter 1 to 2 to 3 to 4, we see very minimal works of power. Acts chapter 1, Jesus talks about the power. Acts chapter 2, they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the anointing. And then in Acts chapter 3, I believe, is when we see Peter raise up the lame man under the gate called Beautiful, which in the Bible was a very basic miracle. We'll just put it that way. But we don't see huge amounts of power. We see very minimal amounts of power. But then we see Acts chapter 4, where they all get together, and they're all praying of one accord in an upper room again. And the whole building shakes, and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them again. And then in Acts chapter 5, we see some of the greatest signs, wonders, and miracles, the greatest move of the power of God up until that point in the Bible. So much that even Peter's shadow was healing people as he would walk by. Even Paul's cloth would heal people. When he would lay it on them, then the anointing had increased tremendously on their life because they had spent time fasting. They had spent time 
praying and diligently seeking the anointing of God on their life. This is the anointing chapter two. If you've just watched this video, I do this at the end of all my videos. If you've never given your life to Jesus before and you feel a stirring in your heart, or maybe you used to serve Jesus, but you know you've walked away. You haven't been pursuing holiness. You haven't been pursuing Christ with everything inside of you. And you feel, you feel drawn to come back to Him right now. I want you to pray this with me. Jesus says that He is just and good to forgive any sin. Any sin. If you're just willing to humble yourself and repent. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 talks all about coming humbly before the Lord. Repenting and believing that God will forgive you. God will give you grace. Let's just get right with Him right now. If that's you right now and you know you need to get right with God, I just want you to put your hands up and you could say this prayer with me. Say, God, I choose this day to give you my life. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth, Jesus is the Lord. He is the Christ and my Savior. Heavenly Father, forgive me of all my sins. Wash me clean in the blood of your Son and seal me with your Holy Spirit. Make me this day born again. Today, I draw a line in the sand. I rebuke the devil and anything that tags along with him. I give my life as a living sacrifice to Jesus. From this day forward, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer with me, make sure you get your hands on a physical Bible. If you cannot get a physical Bible, you can always use your uh, iPhone or Android. You can get it on any app store, the YouVersion Bible app, or any other Bible app for that matter, but read the Bible. I highly recommend you start reading in the book of John. It'll give you a beautiful picture of the narrative of the life of Jesus. And then as the anointing that's in you shows you how to expand, you can press into other books and seek more wisdom. Also, plug into a local church body that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit and preaches the Word of God. They don't compromise it, they don't live in fear, and they don't take sin lightly. Make sure you plug in to places like that. And of course, make sure that you watch these videos every opportunity that you get. If you've enjoyed today's teaching, please share it. Go visit our website and I love you. I'll see you next week.